you ready for this? Heisman? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I told my wife uh, on the one video that you shared a Denison touchdown, and then he picked it up and he still carried out the cross or the crisscross. <laughs> I knew you were quick. I didn't. Maybe that video was sped up. He was fast. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely sped up because many need a little help looking fast. If you listen real closely on, like, the uh, Zach Fox touchdown, I did add a little bit of crowd noise in the background there. Yeah, Foxy's was good. That was sweet. Michael Walker, what's going on? Good. How are you guys? Good to have you on the show. Good. What do you thought of the first four episodes? Oh, they've been absolutely fantastic. You guys are doing a hell of a job <laughs> making us sound like we're some sort of Goliath. No, 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 we were David. We were David. You got the wrong talking points, Michael. God dang it. Yeah, yeah. No, my bad. My bad. We were David without the slingshot. That's that's how that went. Just give us a brief review of the four shows, anything that we got wrong, and then just your general overview of the season, and then we'll have some interaction. We'll play some highlight uh, footage from our dome game playing in the state semifinals back in 1999. Uh, there was so much from that dancing game that I had forgotten the the three interceptions, and then we get, go around and pick them off three times. So I, I had forgotten all about that. So what did you feel like? Did you feel like defensive back Jonathan Minahan when you picked that deal out of the air and you were racing towards the end zone? <laughs> what was cut off from that clip was my little head shake, like <laughs> I knew exactly what I was doing. And the feedback I got was, uh, you seemed like you thought you were going to score. Clearly, you had no idea. Oh, and who gave you that, that feedback, was, Jason? Jason Gibson? Uh, uh, no, that, I think that was Schwaller. That was the one and only time I was allowed to touch the football. I think, unless it was on the <laughs> ground as a fumble, be the best <laughs> offensive decision making that Coach Gibby has ever made in his career, having me not uh, touch the ball. Uh, that dry humor is what we're uh, needing on the show. Really, I mean. John was wanting to take it. Uh, he doesn't want any public acknowledgement of his greats, and and I always like to keep it like a real direct form of humor. Scott's kind of the same way. I mean, he he, he drifts in and out from uh, the Scott Erickson we used to know to the Scott Erickson that he's become. And uh, I guess what we really needed was this was this Michael Michael Walker defensive lineman to bring in some of that dry style humor. I love it. It's a really good job you did there. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, whew, we're eight and three. We're going into the Uni Dome. That's a sixteen thousand person uh, stadium up at the University of Northern Iowa, where the semifinals and finals take place every year in the state of Iowa. Once again, we just think we're hot stuff. Were we overconfident? Were we where we were we where we needed to be? What do you think in terms of uh, just our mindset going into the game. Michael, I'll let you go first. You go first. All right. Uh, so some of my memories leading up to that game was, one, all of us driving to Ames to buy turf shoes. So I think we are all playing in basketball shoes, damn near. At least I was. That way I didn't have to go buy basketball shoes for the, the season that started, like, the next week. As far as where we were, yeah, we were riding high, but – I think at the same point, we were pretty level-headed in the fact that we knew we had to fight. And then having that long caravan from Jefferson and getting the fire truck escort out of town, 
that probably did inflate our egos just a little, little bit. I am going to include a uh, picture that uh, Mitch Murphy sent to me for the promotional pictures from this dome game. I look like I'm a Nebraska Cornhuskers thug walking into the dome in my <laughs> in my windbreaker pants, and I think Kelly Desertis is right behind me in a bandana. Oh, uh, Lawrence Phillips. I look like Lawrence Phillips walking in there, except I was white, of course. As I was doing some research on this deal, I finally got a VCR so I could get some game highlight footage from some of these deals. And I watched about 10 minutes of our Creston season opener. And I'm telling you, I think our best football was played with a little bit of confidence or swagger. Because we looked terrible, <laughs> terrible in that Creston season opener. A little swagger went a long way. And since sure. you brought up the Creston game, Matt, I, I don't remember the running back's name. But I remember being in my three-point stance, one of the beginning plays of the game, fired up, ready to go, and all of a sudden I hear Matt Bellotner yell, so-and-so, if you're all state, I'm all world. The mouthpiece <laughs> fell out of my mouth, and I'm pretty sure I got put on my ass by some little guard because I was not mentally prepared that I had an all-world participant on my team. Do you remember how many penalties he got in that game? I don't. Your personality in the first five or ten minutes we've been on the air, you are perfect for this. I wish we would have gotten you on there in episode one because old John Minahan, he's afraid of all this publicity in this day and age. And you living in Minnesota, working at the world-famous Christensen Farms. Sorry about that. Hey, yeah. look who just oh. listened to all that. Oh! Timmy D! You, you have edited <laughs> More of my shit making fun of you since we started this podcast. He caught me fresh out of 209 Maine, by the way. You know, that's the, that's the second reason I want to move back to hey, Jefferson, Iowa. So I go to hey, 209, the cool what? bar that Von Bauer put up. So what my goal is to start listening to these after after we get done today. So. Defensive lineman Michael Walker, you told me you binge these in just under an hour. Just sitting there roaring, laughing, and going back in the memory bank and thinking of all the crap that we we put up with that whole season just <laughs> ripping on each other and pushing the hell out of each other to do what we did you weren't involved with this memory michael but i do have a one i want to run by you late in the Waukee game after we talked about it on the podcast i had to figure out how he came back so i, I fast forwarded to the fourth quarter and we're about ready to score a touchdown i believe scott erickson went in for a, a five-yard touchdown <laughs> and Scott Schwaller, Tyson Thielen, and Ryan Mortensen looked like they were going WWF in the huddle right before we scored the touchdown. Do you happen to remember what that was all about? Like so, throwing punches at each other in the huddle. <laughs> so Tyson, there for a while, nickname was Windmill because he liked to take uh, arm club and just pommel whoever the hell was lined up against and. Hey Johnny, I know why Johnny has to be on the mute button because I'm I'm giggling too much. I'm muting myself. Oh, yeah. Go I'm ahead. just sitting here. I'm just sitting here in awe. Like man, Michael Walker needs to be on these from day one. It, it helped. I had a three day. To, or, you know, I had the delay after you guys. I got to listen to it all and have been kicking it out to some of the other guys on the team, and we've been reflecting on some different things. But but back to old windmill. He would get all wound up, and then you guys did a hell of a job talking about Ryan in the first first number of episodes. And things, loved the guy, 
but when he got all wound up, he would start getting he would start getting pushy too. That was kind of the culture of the offensive line, though. Was there wasn't any stronger critic than anybody else on that offensive line uh, to let you know when you screwed up, and also to pat you on the back when you knew when you did a hell of a job. And yeah. it was really a brotherhood. You guys had a guy with an ACL that didn't exist, and I could still produce because you guys were so good. The, the funny part about that was you had John Paul Fiedler, who may have been 160 pounds soaking wet, but was probably one of the guys who was the hardest guy I ever went against because he was fierce and scrappy, almost like Matt Lauder. Then you had Luke Ball, a sprinter who was one of the uh, – strongest guys in our class that decided to play guard as an afterthought. I mean, you kind of look back after I blew my knee, he might have been really, really good in the backfield. It was too late in the season to change him to, from number 65 to number 25, but he would have darn sure been a really good option because I don't even know if Scott and John would be aware of this, but in middle school, our, our starting guard our senior year was Luke Ball, and middle school was uh, the running back, and I guarantee you he he had a half a dozen 70-yard runs. He's just taller and quicker and faster than everybody back then. And he, and he, you know, he always and had he the speed. He was a sprinter on the track team. He ran the 100 and 200. Did he, did he qualify for wrestling in state or not? He, he would have had to at least qualify because his dad was Tom Ball, the PE co- or you know the PE teacher, and his dad was one of few four-time state champions. Yeah. Right. All right, fellas. I appreciate all the. Back and forth, and thank you for Sorry joining the us, Sorry to barge in. No, you stay here. We're going to play some game footage now. First uh, quarter of the game, we're on the dome. We're all pumped up on Mountain Dew. Mr. Kibby, you know, he's just laid back. He's just drinking his tea on a Sunday afternoon. He doesn't have a pulse. You know, he just he just was always Mr. Cool. So, I believe it was uh, Central Lions' first possession after we punted it away. Uh, this happens. Here you go, boys. Listen in. Three men in a row behind Overman and a first down and at the 30, 20, 10, 5, leads through the end zone, touchdown for the Central Lion George Little Rock and that's Curtis Eben. He goes 38 yards and the Rams are behind for the first time in the playoffs uh, since the first. All right, Curtis Eben, stud from Central Lion. 38-yard touchdown. Did you have a story to tell about this, uh, Erickson? Was this the play that you hammered Fox? Uh, that might have been the one. <laughs> I I had a little bit of anger, and I went after him pretty darn hard. Fox had him all wrapped up, and I just came in as fast as I could, as hard as I could. I did not tackle even, but I smoked that. I mean, it was the best hit of the game, probably. And that that gets up off the ground afterwards, and he goes, he goes, Scott. He goes, I had him. So just a little backstory. I guess this Curtis Evenfellow went on to play at South Dakota State or one of them South Dakota colleges, and was an All American. And now to this day, yep. he he is the new head football coach at Central Line. Congrats to him on that long touchdown run. And coming off of that touchdown, guess what we got here, boys? We got our Tim Dwight track star back there, old Johnny Minahan. And they made the mistake of kicking it to him. So listen to what this happens next. Here we go. And uh, with the uh, football far side, Minahan 30. Minahan 
Ready at 50. Cuts it inside. He's in lion territory. Tackle at the 47 by the kicker. That is uh, Shoneman who saved a touchdown. And uh, John Minahan got tackled by the kicker. What? Come on, Johnny. He's probably yelling at the phone and it's still on mute. Yeah, 38-yard uh, kickoff return. He did get tackled by the kicker. He always said that uh, if he just ran it up the sidelines, he would have scored. But he wanted to juke the guy out because it was the kicker. <laughs> Next clip that I have. So, 37-yard return for uh, Johnny straight after that even touchdown. And then uh, we've got two clips playing in succession. Scott, we love you to death, but one of these clips is unfavorable to you, my old buddy. Here we go. And up the middle, Lautner breaks it to the left. 40, 35, 30, Lautner spinning down to the 29-yard line. In Lion territory, a 14-yard gain in the first and 10 JSPC. Okay, so Minahan, then we got a little 14-yard run, and we're rolling towards the end zone. And then this happens. Well, the Rams have been so good about not turning it over during this winning streak, but the, now down 7 nothing and a turnover and about the 23 in Lion territory. Yeah, it was just a, uh, just a, a missed handoff, Doug. It was not a clean exchange at all uh, between Briggs and Erickson. And uh, as you say, the Rams have managed to stay away from the turnovers uh, in this uh, run that they've had the last uh, seven games. But uh, right now, uh, they seem to be stubbing their toe a little bit. So, uh... Scott Erickson fumbled. They recovered. It will be a recurring theme that we just we have to acknowledge the past. You know, we're playing on artificial turf. We want to keep our elbows really cute. Don't forget, I think it was when we got into halftime, I want to say Minahan screamed at us. And this is just my memory. Like, Michael, my memory's not good either. I, I want to say it was Minahan that just yelled at us and just said, guys, we don't need that crap. Like, let's just go play football. This is a summertime game when it should be, yep. you know, much colder. That's one thing that I remember. It was 70 degrees in the Dome, and it's a lot different playing on 70 degrees than it is in 30 or 40 degree air on uh, regular turf. We we can look back, and we played in the Dome, and not many other teams did from, uh, you know, the Jefferson, Scranton, Peyton, Sheridan teams. So it is what it is, but uh, we did we did have a few turnovers in this game. So moving on, and our old boy, Zach Fox, makes another huge play, backing up his uh, – Interception returns from the Denison game in round one. Here we go. Here's Zach Fox making a big one. It was Zach Fox that was on top of the ball. Was it? All right. We'll credit Fox with the fumble recovery. So each team has lost a fumble in this first period. The Rams started in Central Lion territory for the second time, this time at the 31. See if they can do anything with it. A minute to go in the first period. Okay, so we're at the 31. And uh, we are going to take it in for a touchdown. I'm going to play three clips in succession here. Here we go. Pass, and he gets down to the 17-yard line. That's an 11-yard gain on third and five. An 11-yard shovel pass to Lautner. And at the 17, first and 10, JSPC. They have not made a field goal all year. Tried about six of them. Shotgun formation. Now four receivers to the right side. Briggs rolling right. He throws. He's got a man to five. And down to the one-yard line, first and goal. Jonathan Minahan, Doug. Minahan was brought down at the one-yard line by Eric Claveringa. At first and goal, JSPC in the 14-yard pass play to Jonathan Minahan from Dustin Briggs. And so here we go. We're uh, first and goal at the one-yard line. Little boy by the name of Matt Five takes it across. And then something wild happens. 
on the extra point kick, so listen in. Rams up first and goal. Now power eye. Four cracks at it. And hit the backfield five. He's moving forward. He's inside the one. He's touchdown. That Matt Fye. That is one tough run by Matt Fye. He was hitting the backfield at the five, ran out of the tackle, and just said, I'm going to get in the end zone, and he did it. 10.35 to go in the first half. Rams trying to tie it up. What a soft one-yard run by Matt Fye. Jamie Dobindick trying to tie the game with the kick. Tyler Kayas, the snapper, and the... Uh, the holder is the quarterback, Briggs. Rams start off left of the ball. Now they get over the, the center. Snap is bobbled. The Rams are going to run. And Briggs is hit. He shovels it up. It's caught. It's caught by Dominic, the kicker. Unbelievable. He shoveled it underhand at the six. And the Rams lead eight to seven. That's an unbelievable play by Briggs. He shoveled it to Dominic. He caught it. All right, all right, all right, all right. JSPC up eight to seven. What do you guys think about that? Forgot how we ever got eight. <laughs> Me really too. I thought eight. we, I thought we had a safety. To be honest with you, <laughs> I, I, I was trying to figure out all for all week how the hell we got eight. But hearing that play again, or it happened again, it it was almost uh, a symbol of that run where the wildest things would happen that kept us in games and just to hear that again and i'm guessing i had my gut sinking and probably if there was a camera i'm going nuts when they cross <laughs> that goal line because here we go we get we're going again a, a lot of lucky a lot of lucky bounces because i'll never forget like bill kibbe said i think it was even like in our junior year he would say you know the ball bounces one way and sometimes it's yours and sometimes it's not to get to where we were at the Dome, it took second, seven consecutive wins up to this point. So we're up eight to seven. We, are, we think we're in a favorable position uh, because once we got up, our general our defense could really easily just sit down on them. A stat to keep in mind as we go towards the end, we never made a field goal that entire year. This next clip comes, uh, but it's towards the end of the first half in the second quarter. And uh, that fumble bug bites us again. Here we go. Rams stay with two tight ends. Ray Wampler's in at a tight end with Reed Kinney. High set. They'll keep it on the ground to five, and he doesn't get anything loose. Ball. Who's got the football? Lions say they do. Five fumbled it. The Rams have it. Oh, oh boy. boy. No, the Lions have it. Coming up with it. I believe was uh, 53, Nate Robinson. Well, Central Lion George Littlerock's already in field goal position. A Matt Fye lost fumble at the 12-yard line. All right, so that was a fumble late in this first half at the 12-yard line of, of uh, at our own 12-yard line. So they're basically within striking distance right away and uh, just running right into the next clip. And then we'll get some commentary. Here we go. This uh, we, we stuffed them three and out. They are attempting a field goal here. The 12, a 22-yard try. The left hash. Good snap. The kick is up and good. good. Central Lion George Little Rock has the lead. 159 to go in the first half. 10 to 8 is the score. Now this. All right. JSPC down 10 to 8 going into halftime. So, unfortunate. Once again, we just made too many, uh, too many errors in this game. And I'm about to play one that... You know, you guys can pile on me afterwards because in the middle of third quarter, I made a little whoopsie. 
So in the spirit of Friday Night Lights, here's another clip from uh, the movie. Come on. Another chance to kind of give you the inside the game feeling of what it felt like in the locker room. Well, this game started, Kilmer said, 48 minutes for the next 48 years of our lives. I say, fuck that. Let's go out there and we'll play the next 24 minutes for the next 24 minutes. And we'll leave it all out on the field. We got the rest of our lives to be mediocre, but we have the opportunity to play like gods for the next half of football. But we can't be afraid to lose. There's no room for fear in this game. And we go out there and we half-ass it because we're scared. All we're left with is an excuse. We're always going to wonder. But we go out there and we give it absolutely everything. That's heroic. Let's be heroes. quote about uh, Meek <laughs> telling that running back, are you all state? Because I'm all world. Ah, that's that was the best part about it. It was even on his home field. Like, it was <laughs> no hard holds barred. Either the junior year or the senior year, and I don't remember whether it was Carroll High or Carroll Kemper. One of them games, those coaches, I must have got to yapping at them, and they got really mad. They got really mad at me one of them years because they thought I was being a bad guy out there somehow. The Carroll game our senior year was just bad blood, period. Hell, our mascot kicked, got kicked out of the damn game. Who was <laughs> He had to sneak his way back in because he always had that damn air horn he was putting on. <laughs> well, let's get, let's get back All to right. business. Third quarter, 10-8, to 8, and then – Hot stuff, Matt Lautner puts the ball on the ground. Here we go. Riggs is going to give it to Lautner. First down, he dropped the ball, and Central Lion has it. Had the first down and dropped the football. Third ram turnover, Trent Herta. Dang it. So, it is what it is. So, uh, moving along, uh, we'll have a little time for post-game review after these next series of clips. But we're into the fourth quarter now. The score is still 10-8. to And I'm going to tell you what. Two shout-outs that we haven't given enough credit to through the first couple of episodes. Michael Walker, of course, but Dustin Briggs and Luke Ball are studs, and they were studs in this game, but especially Dustin Briggs is going to be featured in these last few minutes of the game whenever he just stepped up to another level. I mean, Luke's major contributions would have been sacks and quarterback pressures, and he won't he won't actually make the audio clip very much, but I just I want to make that make everybody aware that he was an awesome player. So we got five or six minutes left in the game. We uh, received a punt. That went inside of our own 20, and uh, then we got a penalty on top of that, so we were back at our five. First and ten from our own five. 67-yard punt, they called it. 57-yard punt. So from the five, Friends wants to throw. He goes deep. Double coverage, and it is caught at the 45, 40, 35. That's a catch by Courtney Berry. LeMans gets him out of bounds. First down from the five. Joe Gibson, the Rams go all the way to the Lions 34. That's a 59-yard pass play. I'm going to make it 60 yards just for a nice round number. <laughs> all right, so then there was a short interlude. 
and uh, we're driving in. There's four, four and a half minutes left in the game, and then there's a long pass. Dustin Briggs to Reed Kenny. Here we go. Listen in. Fake the handoff. Briggs to throw. Got a man right over Kenny. Kenny, 15. Lead to the 10. He drops a football as he called down. No, they call it the fumble. It's a fumble. It's a fumble. So-, so, our fourth loss fumble of the game. After the long pass from Briggs to Barry. We- I mean, we're a terrible offensive team. There's no other way to describe it. I'm not trying to put anybody down. Uh... But we go end zone to end zone in the matter of a minute or two. And Dustin completes a pass to Reed Kenny, our tight end, and he puts it on the ground for a fourth fumble. And not any one fumble probably meant any more than the rest. It just happened at any point of the game, so we all take uh, responsibility. Just an unfortunate deal. Hell, I feel a lot better about that game. I forgot about all the fumbles. We were competitive as hell to still be in that thing. We beat ourselves. Hey, Johnny Minahan's back. Three or four minutes left in the game. Uh, we we force them three and out. I believe we get the ball back with two, two and a half minutes, somewhere in that range. That, but uh, my boy, Dustin Briggs, the quarterback, playing punt returner. And, I mean, this just needs to be stated real quick since Johnny Minahan's back in here. What the heck, what the heck Johnny? Why weren't you back there on punt returns the whole year? And in this game... Dustin Briggs' combination of quickness and speed was perfect for the turf, but I just feel like when you're averaging 50 yards per kickoff return, why weren't you back there on the punt return team? Well, before the season Amen. started, field and they had Ray Walter just kick punts to me. Pretty intense. And we come back, and we're walking up, and Kibby looked at, I think it was Powers, was how'd it go? And he goes, he's too reckless. He can't catch punts. <laughs> And that was the end of it. <laughs> I mean, I'm going at him 100 mile an hour, and it it wasn't compatible to our conservative style of play, I don't think. All right. You got something to add, Johnny? You want me to play the play No, the I'm good. I, my memory ain't as good as everybody else's. That's good. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Two Two and a half minutes left in the game. And uh, we've held them three and out. They're kicking the ball to us. They have an amazing punt punter. So, uh, old Dustin Briggs, show some highlight real footage. Here we go. Uh, Briggs at his 50. Hope this works out better than the last one. Wobbly snap, but no pressure. Briggs, he uh, has to go back, catches it at his 42. Goes to the far side, tries to get to the wall. Nice block by Todd Walker. 50, 45, Briggs makes a tackle. 40, Briggs 30, Briggs out of bounds at the 25-yard line. 27, they'll call it. The Rams are in business with 1.34 to go. We got a Ram down, Doug. Todd Walker, but Todd Walker made that return with a huge block on number 53. Robinson. Robinson. I do have... uh... All of the end-of-game sequence here that we're going to play in succession after Dustin's uh, punt return. And it's going to sting a little bit here and there, but we'll see what happens. Here we go. The game is on the line. We're down 10-8. to 8. There's under two minutes to go. What's going to happen, boys? Here we go. So we're going to pop back on here. There's going to be under a minute to go. It's third and 14, and uh, we make a big play. Rams are just taking a lot of time getting this play in. It's they won't snap. It'll be under a minute. Robbins wing right. Barry split left. High set. Rams need 14 for the first down. Briggs to throw. 
He's got time. He bullets it. Complete. Short of the first down, but it's inside the 20 to Reed Kinney. It's at the 17, 17 and a half, one yard short. Call it the 18, and the clock was with 42, 41. 13 yard game, third down and one. Rams are still in the huddle, 35, 34. They need a yard for the first down. Keep it on the ground, first down to the 15 for Lautner. They're getting awfully close to field goal range. The clock will stop here after the three-yard gain so the chains can be moved. 23 seconds, Doug. <laughs> Just when you think it can't get any more tense, Rams it does. Two timeouts left. Rams spend a timeout here to set up, plan their strategies. Timeout of the field. Rams down by two. We're coming back. Right down to the nubbins after this from the Real Country Championship Club. Down at 10, JSPC at the Lions 15-yard line. The Rams are down 10 to 8. This will be a long field goal try for the sophomore Jamie Davendeck, who has, I think he's old for three this year on field goal attempts. Rams uh, do have one timeout left. They come out of the eye. Minahan wide right. Kenny tight end left. Robbins wing left. See if they'll put it up. They do. Briggs to throw, does it, Kitty at the five, Kitty at the four, and a first and goal, and I think you take your shot now, don't you, Joe, use your last time out. We're at the four-yard line. You guys any got, got anything to say before we play this? I thought like hell we had it. We'll see what, we'll see how the center for the snapper performs here. <laughs> it was a good snap, brother. P.S. What a dick. Hey, it's your podcast, buddy. Uh, if you can't be positive, I'm going to frame you as a dick, Johnny. You better watch it. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> You're a good fella. All right, here we go, boys. We, uh, we'll see how this turns out. I'm, it's pins and needles. I'm so excited. Can't even remember what happened. Here we go. We won't have enough time. Now will the field goal unit come yeah, in? I saw Jamie Dobbendeck trotting on the field. Here comes a field goal attempt. Ten, ten seconds left. That was a real gamble. Oh, boy. So here we go. 21-yard field goal try. Dobbendeck to win it to put the Rams into the finals. Good snap, nice and oh, the kick is blocked, and Central and George Little Rock wins the game. The Rams season is over, the Rams season ends, and what a great year it was. The kick is blocked, the Rams don't make a field goal all season. It's over. 10-8, to 8. JSPC loses uh, at the four-yard line. Blocked kick, goes the entire season without making a single field goal. Unfortunate, but still a lot of fond memories, boys. Uh, just give me your thoughts on the season. And we had a lot of good luck, but it probably it had to come to an end, right? Yeah. I mean, the field goal is what it is, but uh, with our four lost fumbles, um, one of them led directly to the field goal there at the end of the first half. I mean, just, just that's football, as old Kirk Ferentz says, you know. You did it game, everything, everything went yep. our way. In that game, that didn't go our way, right? Um, Matt, I think you kind of said it best. Like, we were Harlan in that game, you know, when Harlan played us, right? Like, there was just, I mean, we just made too many mistakes. Um, yeah, from the perspective of we were driving in the last four minutes twice and just 
just couldn't punch it across, and Harlan uh, was driving against us two or three times at the end of the game, and they just couldn't punch it across. And as Kirk Ferentz says, that's football. But but I, I do love that, like, you know, when we talk about who we were as a team, we were a freaking team. And, you know, Dustin, all year long, hand it off, hand it off, hand it off. And then here he comes, like, in the biggest stage, and, like, when we needed him the most, you know, he steps up, which, yeah, memory does not serve that that well. But, yeah, that was awesome to – I mean, he freaking – it was his turn to, to turn it up. We all needed him, and there he was. Exactly. That's a great point. Dustin didn't get a whole lot of credit here and there and whatever throughout the year, but he made the the two biggest plays of the game in terms of the punt return and the long throw. And congrats to Courtney Barry also so many years ago. He was a shoot he was a shoelace tackle away from scoring. That would have been amazing if he would have had a 95 yard touchdown there in that play. But uh, just just fun old memories. I appreciate you boys joining me. And uh, I don't know how we want to sign this deal off, but I'll just give the floor to each one of you guys for 30 or 60 seconds and end it how you want to end it. Matt, is this our last podcast? The last time I'm going to contact you and tell the Green County Fair whenever my ads are playing on the radio. <laughs> All right, buddy. I'm signing off. We need to get Thank together you. and talk outside of a podcast, it sounds like. Later. We were always a team. I think one of you guys in one of the other pod, uh, chapters said, we may not have been the most talented, but we, we always showed up to play and we always showed up to fight. And, yeah. and God forbid somebody else on the other team ever cheap-shotted one of us because <laughs> we had each other's back. Just a good way to wrap it up. Scotty, go ahead, man. You're more analytical than I am. No. Uh, Michael, you should have been here. Uh, chapter one, two, three would have been way better. And, and I mean, just just like you said, it was it was so fun because like, I mean, we were a blended bunch, right? I mean, there there was beauty in how it all kind of came together because I, I mean, we all we all bonded because we cared so much about playing the game of football and just kicking ass and working hard. I, I I'll never forget like. I mean, Powers' comment to Minahan when he said, you guys were the worst group to coach, you know, Monday through Thursday, but when it came to game day, like, I mean, we were, we were in. I mean, it was just, you were in a mode. If you're all, I mean, if you're all state, I'm all world, like, I don't know. We just, it's like we, that's just who we felt we had to be. Even the story, Scott, of the Waukee game of Mortensen, Schwaller, and Tyson, I mean, we really were brothers, and we held each other accountable like brothers. There you go. And I think uh, yeah. you guys doing this, uh, this this series, it's helped remind everybody of the brotherhood we had. So uh, yeah. on behalf of everybody on the team, just want to thank you guys for doing this. There's been nothing but resounding positivity and, and memories made uh, over the last week, so. Thank you for very much. The cool cool thing about it is is, uh, there's just no digital recording in uh, the year 2022 of stuff that would have happened back in 1999. So that video clip that I put together kind of with your highlight, Michael, and a few others, it's just kind of fun that that is now going to last for the next 20 years or whatever it may be until my kids are old enough to kind of listen to this podcast and 
grasp that we had a lot of fun together as a team. But, uh, I mean, just to, just to wrap this deal up, I, I, I always, I'm a humor guy or a screw around guy. So I was talking to Mitch Murphy the other day. And I don't know if you'll know this, Scott. I think, Michael, as good as your memory seems to be, you may have remembered this, but we'll, we'll try to make the best of it, however it ends up. But he said, right there in the middle of the season, whenever we were just getting started on a roll, that we had a fight at the Perry football game whenever me and Heath Oaks and Aaron Robbins rang the, the, the bell in front of their school. Do you remember this at all, Michael? Yeah, I do. I'm going to tell you what Mitch told me. And then just, if even if you don't remember the story, just make it up and blame it all on me. Because uh, that's, that's going to be a way to giggle on the way out rather than having it be sad because we lost. So and this is the funniest part of the story, in my opinion. Mitch told me that there was a big fight, a melee that broke out because we were ringing their bell in front of the school. And according to Mitch, he was like in the hallway leading into the locker room. And he smacked somebody full on thrust with his football helmet. And Doc Carver, the team position or whatever, shoved Mitchell into the locker room and said, Get the frickin'. <laughs> I remember the bell ringing. I remember us having to run to the locker room, and I remember us all getting on the bus and wondering if we were going to make it home. And that, if that didn't describe the rivalry between us and Perry, I don't know what the hell does. So a good friend of mine, uh, PC Christmas, or his uh, first cousin, played uh, Shannon and Sean Welch were over there. And I know that they uh, they took very, very hard offense to that ringing of the bell. You just don't come in to Perry and ring their bell. And guess what me and old Heath Oaks and Aaron Robbins did? Oh, we rang that bell. <laughs> we were seniors. We didn't care. We were just like, well, see you later. Yeah, Mitch said that we were at a 14-game winning streak of the cowbell, and we – Gave it away uh, in our junior year, so we were just a little bit overzealous that uh, year. We got it back, and we went and rang that bell in front of their school. You know, I can pull it back a little if you like. Not too much, though. I'm telling you, fellas, you're going to want that cowbell on the track. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Remember when Doug said, what do you feel that Bill Kibbe had? What was Bill Kibbe's involvement in all this? And, Matt, you you did a really good job. Um, and I know I've told you this off air. Like, uh, you know, Bill said, I, or, I, I don't care if the defense knows what we're running. We're just going to out-execute them. And it's like, yeah, that's, that's fine. And I have appreciation for that today, but I did not back then. And I actually just talked to a good friend that played at, at Ballard. He was their linebacker and running back. And he goes, and, and, I, and I, I just said, like, 
we were the worst team to coach between Monday and Thursday because we had a lot of guys. Radio edit. Right? Zach Fox. Yeah. Nate Guest. Agreed. Ray Womp. Agreed. I mean, they were just, they were dip doodles, right? And I said one story. I just said, I know it was Nate, Zach, and Ray, and they were all just playing. I think it was a Thursday night. You know, we're getting ready for the game, and they were just throwing three-way, you know, football. And somebody just decided to be a dipshit, and I think smoke powers in the side of the head, or it was a coach. And, 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 and I think we had to run or we had to do something for that or, like, you know, they, they controlled the chaos at that point. And my buddy, Hop, he just goes, he goes, if that happened, oh, geez, you, I mean, you would be dead. And I'm like, yeah, you guys played football with your butt so tight. We played football really, really loose. No, I'm, we're just going to fly around and just smoke. Radio edit. Uh, you guys, I'm just smiling through this whole deal, but uh... – I, once I miss again, your just giggle, like episode, I miss your giggle. Just, I miss your giggle. <laughs> just like episode number two, I gotta let you go because my wife's gonna get mad at me if I stay on too much longer. So I appreciate you, boys. Thank you very much. Yeah, we'll be yeah. in touch. All right, Michael. Care, good guys. talking to you, buddy. Yep. Good talking to you guys too. Take care. See ya. One, two, three, four. You're complaining now, but now don't be bitching in a couple months whenever you got to buy a new suit to come back and be accepted into the Hall of Fame. Hey, yeah, I, I will. I, this is the in the year 2022. JFCC or Green County, Green County Community Schools might take soccer more seriously than football anymore. Who knows? Uh, 